0: You gotta have thick skin you you have to take criticism well and you have to use it to make yourself better
1: you're listening to the mouthwash podcast This is uh, episode twelve of the season two of Mouthwash. We're finally here. We made it. It's been a long, toll. <sighs> it's been finally, a long I feel like last season we were like really on top of it and we really sprinted. And then we we're like, we're gonna do the same thing again this year.
2: But and this year, this season, we did like four in one week. One week, we were like,
1: we were like super. I ahead. was not
2: have a voice at the end of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were like, all right, we're gonna do them all ahead of time. And then we did six in a row. And then we just didn't do any after but- that.
3: We picked it up at the end, and now we're almost done. And we're almost done. We're here. And
1: I feel like this season too, was like kind of interesting too, because it was so. And we've been talking about the difference between this season and last season a lot. But even like the like the person we're talking to today, Adrian, what's going on? What's up? Um, even the person we're talking to today is like something that is so different. And I feel like we've learned a lot this season. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's been a good one overall. Um, but, yeah, we're talking to Adrian. Adrian's a friend of mine. Um, he, friend of Mouthwash. friend of Mouthwash, a friend of us. Um, he owns a creative house called Sturdy. Um, that's Sturdy content for you. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what Sturdy is and who you are, what you do?
0: Um, sturdy is an ever-changing creative house that does all kinds of different uh, types of services that really are tough to define because yeah we work a lot in music we work a lot with different artists and creative direction stage design and uh, you name it when it comes to their brands etc but to me it's so much more it's it's um, something that can grow into or will grow into Whether it's corporate or just art in general, Mm -hmm. Um, being able to do installations and branding for way bigger brands outside of the music
2: space. Mm -hmm. How long have you been under the name Sturdy?
0: About six to eight months now.
2: Oh, okay. So it's pretty fresh.
0: It's pretty new. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's been a thing. Because all the people that work in it... Oh, my god, bro. Are you serious? kind of held that in. <laughs> um, Sturdy has been working... Or, like, the people involved have been working together for a couple of years, at the very least, together. Um, and then it became a thing where, instead of everybody freelancing, just, like... It like, became yeah. a real company, a real thing. Just um, bigger... Or sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just going to like be like, Adrian's being a little humble right now, but Sturdy has done all the like visual stage design for Drake's, Drake's last tour. They've done stuff with Kendrick Lamar. Um, who are some of the other artists that you guys have done?
0: Uh, outside of them, Maja Jordan, Party Next Door, uh, Amine, uh, Big Sean. Hmm. Who else? Uh, I'm like... So, like, like, for you
2: just saying those names right now, is this, like, okay, this is so normal, like, this is just my day-to-day, like, at what point did it switch to, like, holy crap, these are, like, huge projects to, like, oh, this is normal?
0: Mm. I'm not really sure when it became, I don't think it's still normal. I just always have tried to treat every single project as if if I, like, was supposed to be there. Yeah. So, like, this is what I signed up for. Yeah, you know, so, like, I, for example, when we worked on the Drake stuff or when we got a call to be able to work on Kendrick Lamar's show, like those were huge moments that I treat as like pivotal in terms of how our team works together and what we do and where we're going. However, those were things that the day that we decided to do this, we were like, okay, that's that's where we want to get to. So it was just kind of like a natural course, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting like – I think we we talk about all the time like and we
1: even talk about this like for commercial clients too it's like man did you like ever think that you would be working with nike or toyota or you know etc like whoever it is and it's like you know what like at the end of the day like i signed up to be here and so there should be an element of like i'm not surprised by this like i am surprised like in a humble way but also like this is like why i'm here You put in the hard work but would you say it helps that like you've had to do it with other
0: people that you've kind of grew, grew together? You mean in terms of the team? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a, a really cool process of Mm -hmm. adding, adding people to the team over time that like really understand and want the same types of things Mm -hmm. and want to go in the same direction because it's hard. It's like a lot of people come and go. Right. Yeah. At least. And for example, you meet someone who you in your mind, visualizer think okay they'd be great for this but at the end of the day their vision of where they want to go with their own life is obviously their decision right so uh it's people who want to show up on their own every single day and be here and like knock on the door on you know under their own volition because they want to get a chance and to me and i have this thought often is like if that person is willing to show up day in, day out, and they may not be the greatest, or they may be, but that right there, like, them wanting to show up and be a part of it is such a big thing. To yeah, do. like, being on time, like, all the little things. Yeah, and whether, you know, even, like, because we don't run things on a be here at this hour yeah. type schedule, but people show up on their own at that, you know, at a right. certain time that everyone somehow agrees on. Okay, it's like not, the dryness.
2: You can't tell someone to have drive or, like, passion for something. Like, they have to show up.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for, for people to want to do that on their own and be a part of something that we are creating together, yeah, it's really special. Mm-hmm. And you really can't – because, like, like I'm saying, you can't force people to do anything, right? Right. So.
2: What uh, – how many people are in the sturdy team right now? And kind of what are their roles
0: in the team? We have – uh, about about 10 people. We have uh, my well, myself, I, I kind of do a little bit of everything from creative direction. I, I'll shoot um, like my backgrounds in photography and directing videos. Um, so sometimes I'll direct music videos or whether we're working on stage and then we have a whole team that works in the live uh, like kind of sector. And then we have two project managers who kind of deal with all the business stuff that like our best creatives don't want to deal with, you know? Uh, So it's actually really nice because there's that buffer in music. It's really tough. I'll get back to personnel, but in music's really tough because managers never want to, or like overall anyone on the business end of an artist never wants to pay that much for the creative end, which is really hard. And honestly, very trying at times for people who freelance and are trying to make a A living out of this but having someone who's going to have your back and represent you and want or try to get you the most you know money or whatever in terms of the work that you're doing then that like you know that feels good because you do the best job that you possibly can and you deliver that and then someone somebody else who you know has 110 percent of your back it's you know, is doing that for you. Yeah. And these are people who I've known for 10 plus years, you know? So, right. so, you know, they're just not going to like turn on you. Yeah, or that you. they're like, let's just get the most money because I'm, I'm getting this much or whatever, yeah, know you know,
1: you just the check. It's like,
0: it. we, we started this because we've been talking about doing this for years. Yeah. And I, yeah, I always had the vision of wanting to do something because sturdy is a part of something that honestly is, is even bigger. It, we're a part of a management company or we are partnered with a management company who also uh, is partnered with a publishing company who's also a label. Mm-hmm. So it's like a all-in-one that we've always wanted to do where artists can confidently come to us and be like, okay, I'm a here, and my streaming and my royalties will always be paid out and taken care of on that end. <clears throat> and then I can also work with the creative team to help solve Every any single type of task that yeah. may be at hand.
1: Yeah. So you guys are kind of like helping. It's so interesting. Actually, okay. Before we get too far down this road, I want to know how like sturdy came to be. Mm-hmm. You have like, I remember we were in Hawaii and I was asking like, how did you even like? You don't wake up and just start working with Drake or Neos mm-hmm. or whoever it is. And I know you had like kind of a road working with a particular artist and kind of led you to you're at now so how did so i guess before we get too far into all that stuff like how like how did it all come to be start from the beginning okay when did you pick up a camera uh
0: i picked up a camera i picked up a camera for just over four years ago i was uh i was 23 years old and i was just i was about a month away from turning 24 i had a completely different career, career path prior to that I went to Arizona State University and I studied journalism and I wanted to be a baseball writer. Uh, I played baseball my whole life. It was like something I really, really loved. And I got out of school, moved back to L.A., got a job at the Orange County Register writing sports, high school sports. So it wasn't like glamorous whatsoever, but I was just like driving fresh out of college, driving from like, football game or volleyball game to basketball you're game. right for the dodgers or something one yeah you know that was like yeah. that was the goal it was like right. i'm gonna like
2: work my way d- there
0: yeah like i'm just gonna like go little by little and i figured like you gotta start at the bottom right like no matter right. what you're never gonna get a shot unless you have like i don't know unless you know someone who's like gonna plug you big time but right. i didn't so uh that was 2013 and at the end of 2013 I was like maybe like five or six months into that really thinking that that was what I was going to do. I remember I had gone out with my friends for uh, December 23rd. So like the night before Christmas Eve, we went out and um, the next day I woke up super hungover. So this was actually Christmas Eve (laughs) and I went to go get food by myself and I was sitting at at the spot where I was eating and and I got a call from the guy who was like my head editor at that time, and he he was like, "Hey, I hope you're having a great day. Uh, just want to let you know that you know the Register has pretty much declared bankruptcy today, and we're gonna to have to let go of a ton of people, including yourself, because well, they fired you on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: rough. It was so rough. Yeah. yeah, like your first job out of college, like this is what you thought you were gonna be, and
0: yeah, so." I immediately like game planned at that moment. I was like, okay, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm just going to figure out what I'm going to do. Cause I, I wanted to cry honestly, but instead I just told myself, okay, what, what do I need to do here? Yeah. I'm literally like replaying it in my head. I was like, I'm going to give myself from now to New year. So seven days to like only think about this Mm -hmm. and figure out where my game plan is going to go or what it's going to be, whatever. So by new year, 2014, I had decided that I wanted to start making videos on my own because if I started doing that, then I couldn't get fired. Yeah. So I wanted to pretty much do something where like the only way I was going to get fired is if I fucked it up myself, not if some person who's in a suit was going to like decide. it's not that you're not going to go to work the next day. Yeah. 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 So I started, I didn't know how to use a camera still, but in college through like broadcast journalism i learned how to edit videos not good but like I I learned Final Cut 7 like very very basically yeah so from there I ended up downloading I got a new computer I had like no money but I got like a new computer um off like finance or whatever being you know being able to like pay it off credit right. and uh, I was like I'm gonna learn Final Cut Pro and uh I taught myself that really fast and then I started like, editing music videos for homies that like were really not, I wouldn't say bad, but like just people that yeah. wanted to like, <laughs> people. I i don't even mean that, but like just people who weren't like big. Yeah. They're, they were trying to make it look just like. Same, you same, yeah. same. So that's wrong for me to say that, but uh, people that were trying to figure it out and I was trying to figure it out. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't deserve a bigger shot at all yeah. at that point in time. And, uh, but I will say I, I, to, touch on that some people were good some people were bad and and at the same time it was just like you know you gotta you gotta listen to the same bad song on your edit track for you know 600 times like while you're editing and get tired of it and whatever until you actually get to edit good songs you know for people that you actually like follow or whatever um so yeah i started editing and i got shots here and there and then eventually about six months later um, my friend asked me to edit a video for g easy's drummer and he wanted to like start putting out content and like grow his like you know following and whatever and and i did so i went super hard at that for a few days and um were you just like stoked yeah i was that? so stoked Ooh, was dude? Like, big, like, at he was yet? he was growing you know he yeah. was like he had hundreds of thousands of followers at the time you caught him like at the right stride though probably yeah, yeah it was like a the point where he was like about to drop an album yeah and he was like just on the brink you know yeah. so it was really cool to see that and i and another thing that made it really interesting was where that's how i got introduced to like okay artist brands and like what mm-hmm. what is it to like brand an artist really really well and what does it take to get an artist over the hump of independent like okay cool you're doing good by like dropping songs on soundcloud and et cetera and mixtapes but like now commercial What's that
3: next step? Yeah. now
0: labels and yeah. real money behind them and seeing how so many people again are like in tune with the same vision and want to take it in the same place because they want to not because they're told to or anything like people just show up because they're like yes yeah you know that's the greatest feeling ever, and that's where I like learned that. You know that's what it could be, so that was really awesome. So yeah, uh, I edited that video, and then uh, he really liked it, and then he asked me to come on tour. So like, I turned in the video, and then like two weeks later, I was on, on a bus riding with like, wow. those all those guys. So really, just one shot. Well, yes and no. I mean. It was a lot of stuff before that, you know, it was a lot of stuff and really just wanting to get there because I didn't realize what that it was all me making these videos was amounting to like going to go work with an artist or like shooting behind the scenes or shooting uh, tour content or whatever you name it. I never realized that that's what it was. I just wanted to like help on music videos and learn, you know, what it's like to to make a cool shot or like focal length or Focusing and all that stuff because again, I when I got on tour, this is a, like actually, uh, I don't tell a lot of people this, but <laughs> when I got on tour, I still didn't know how to use a camera.
3: So,
2: like, we <laughs> yeah, all been there,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I like I turn in the video, they're like, oh, yeah, or um, this uh, Blake name, or he goes by Blizzy, he was like, yo, you know, I'm thinking about bringing you on in a week. I said, okay, I told my mom, I need a camera. So I was like, I'll pay back. I'll give you, or I'll do whatever. Just please, like, help me buy this camera, and I'll take care of the rest. Yeah. And I just watched like mad tutorials. Like, <laughs> thank God for YouTube and all that. You know, yeah. I just like I was learning what what like shooting video on on a, like a DSLR was. Yeah. Fast, the and then um, at the at the same time, I didn't I didn't shoot photos. Right. So. When I got on tour, my sister let me borrow her, like this Canon flash
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I put it on there. I remember it was like the second stop on the tour and I wanted to take some photos and I had no idea. Like I turned it on, I probably should have done this before the tour, but I turned it on and I, was, I started seeing like ETTL and like, you know, you see your aperture on it and everything. And uh, I was like, oh God. so. I guess I could just start pressing the button, but it wasn't really like, it wasn't flashing. So I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? So one of like the dopest photographers that I've ever met in my life, his name is Bobby Bruderly. He is someone that I really look up to also. He was on the bus too. And I go, Bob, what does this mean? And like, what's the best setting for like, you know, for your shutter like when you're shooting photos with this flash. And he looked at me and he goes, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) You don't know how to use a flash? I was like, dude, yeah, you know what? I, you're right. Like, I'm going to figure this out. So I got off the bus, I went inside, and I just started, like, figuring out how to take snaps. And then, yeah, I literally kept the camera in my hands 24-7. Like, I literally would sleep with my camera next to me, get out of my bunk, and then turn on the camera again. Like, that was, that was my life for just that entire time. Keep just and catch every out. single day. And then I was turning around daily recaps on On Instagram at that point, it was 15 second recaps, but every single day, even on off days, I'd turn around yeah. and recap. And at the same time, they had me shooting, or sorry, they had me selling merch like before and after the shows. So I was like unloading the merch, like bins on the bus, off the bus. And it was like six shooting. degree, uh, like weather in Minneapolis or like even colder in, in Milwaukee. And uh, yeah. it was just like, hellish honestly right. but then at the same time i was just like i really want to do this and i honestly was having the time of my life really awesome. so how old were you? i was 24 i was brand new so, like freshly so. 24 so then you get
1: to the g tour and like so things went well. yeah
0: I, I got to go back that like after the new year i got to go back on on like the second leg of that tour so that was all of january 24 2015 And then uh, at the same time, my friend, one of my best friends, who's also a partner in Sturdy, um, sorry, he was working with Party Next Door, pretty new um, into that process and started managing him and reached out saying, or asking me, hey, this was like a week after the GEZ thing finished. So this was like early February. So we're talking about four years ago, exactly. we, he was like, dude, party's got this Europe tour, and he needs someone to, like, document. i would like, do you want to go? And I was like, are you kidding me? Of course. <laughs>
2: yes. I'm there. I, I'm holding my
0: right camera. Now, my, uh, i, yeah. I left next to my camera you know, night. I'm holding my camera on the phone right now. Steve,
2: I even know how to use a flash, yeah, bro.
0: No, <laughs> Here. No, no, at that point, I, I... Oh, he learned. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably put in, like, a thousand hours just uh, after those two months Yeah, yeah like, of doing nothing but, you know, so my, my, uh, like, what do you call it? My learning curve was like pretty steep Mm -hmm. in terms of like time. Um, yeah. So I went to Europe, which was funny. They put me on like a five layover flight and, uh, and it was almost like, it was almost like, like if you really want to show up, like you're going yeah. 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 to deal with every city before you make it. to. Yeah. It's just one of those, it's again, like one of those music industry things where like people really, you know, test you. Yeah. This, this industry will test you more than most, right. I think because you just got to jump through every hoop and nobody owes you anything and yeah, nothing's easy. And it's almost like you're given the opportunity. So. Exactly. So yeah. like earn it and do the most that you, right. that you want with it. Cause like, it goes and that's that, Yeah, you know, whether you took it or you didn't, we'll hire somebody else. We'll We'll hire someone else or, you know, you will keep you around, but like you, you're not going to be involved in the conversations that you want to be involved in. It just, it's kind of just depends on like who's involved. Right. right? Yeah. So from there, I worked with party for like, like, I mean, almost like pretty much full time for like two and something years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's like some of the best, most rewarding yet challenging days of my life mm-hmm. because I, again, I, a lot of these things I just had never done and yeah. I had directed videos, but nothing that I could like, you know, write home about, so mm-hmm. to say. And I eventually started mostly just taking photos instead of shooting video, even though I do that too. And uh, eventually I got to, you know, he asked me to direct his video for, uh, come and see me. Mm -hmm. which was really cool which just went like triple platinum didn't it yeah i think it's like double platinum platinum. but uh it's crazy yeah uh that was like a big moment for me because and i remember texting tyler at that point in time um his manager and being like wow i actually feel like like i do this Mm. you know i'm i i make videos i like really I
2: finally own that yeah. Yeah.
0: in terms of the title. Yeah. Because that's the other thing in music is people are so fast to give themselves a title. Everybody's a creative director. Everybody's a director. Everybody's a CEO of their own little company. Everybody is able, is something, uh, you know? So like people will walk around with business cards in their pockets that say, that are different, but one says CEO, one says CMO, one says COO, one says creative director. One, and it just depends on like, exactly, you know, which is cool. And that's a hustle. But I think like, just be you, you know what I mean? Like, like earn it by like being like the hardworking person that you are and let the work speak for itself. Exactly. You don't need to like be this because the, eventually the person will just figure it out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, that I could go one of two ways, yeah. that, but do you, feel, do you feel as if, like,
1: while you're going through all this, and I want to hear what Abe and Mackenzie have to say about this too, but, like, do you feel like you were dealing with, like, imposter syndrome the whole time? Like, the insecurity of, like, I haven't earned this yet. I'm not there yet. Like, why am I here? Like, were you asking these questions, or were you just more like, I'm just going to, like, get up and do the best I can?
0: You know, I never felt like I was – I, it was, like, I guess it was a fake it till you make it type thing. Yeah but I didn't feel like imposter syndrome because I was working really fucking hard. Right. Like I wasn't like hiding behind my screen and like posting on my Instagram that I was doing this or that, you know, I was, I was hardly even posting. Like I, I was really out there just like trying to like earn myself the shot. Yeah. To
2: kind of go with that question because you said it was two and a half years of like really hard and really rewarding. Was there a point where you're like, I'm not good at this. Like, wanting to give up, or were you like 100%. eyes on the prize? One hundred percent.
0: I'm saying like those were some really, really hard days because, yeah. um, you know, sometimes feeling like you aren't actually good enough at what you chose to do because the artist didn't like it, or like somebody didn't like it. Yeah, or along the way, you know, or working on different projects or whatever, you know, because not yeah. everyone's always gonna like everything, yeah. right? Sure. And uh, or like taking photos and like the the artist like one of the worst things that's ever happened is like the artist like putting an Instagram filter over it before posting it. <laughs> you know, it's what? like, geez, like that's one of those moments where I'm like, wow, I should have just take an iPhone photo. like I really what, like what am I actually yeah, I doing out here? You know, yeah. like, exactly. You know, and like seeing a lot of my other friends who are so good, like so, so good and and wanting to be on that level and and wanting to have like my lane the way the same that some of them did or do or are working toward and uh and I've realized that it's just part of like being an artist that you're going to feel inadequate at times because you're growing sometimes you're going to try new things or you're not going to be as good at, at, as you wish you were at them but if you keep going you know eventually you'll get there yeah. hopefully but uh there's nothing wrong with you know with trying new things and also learning and The same thing in like the visual space that we work in, you know, a lot of times, not a lot, uh, we've luckily had a lot of success because our stuff is, I'm proud to say good, but, you know, we have had a couple clients in the past that were like not happy. And usually they're the ones that come with the tiniest budgets at the same time, you know, so it's like, that's the other thing is people will come to you with like a very, very, very small budget. And walk out of the situation going, this is it. Like you got, like you, Mm -hmm. you're not doing like what you did for for Kendrick
2: for us. Budget goes with the production. Yeah, together.
0: And even when you go super hard for them and and they still like don't appreciate what you're doing, that's just like it's part of it. So that's what I'm saying. You you may feel as a result inadequate or whatever at times, but it's just you know, the way that, that life carries itself and, and it's a ups and downs or whatever. But so,
3: so I want to jump in here real quick. Um, me and Adrian are sharing mics, So, uh, (laughs) so we're like pretty much kissing right now, but, um, you're our first Hispanic guest outside of myself. (laughs) Um, and you kind of hinted on it a little bit about like, it was a lot of work. Do you think, um, kind of like your upbringings and like the culture that is instilled with the, you know, you're Mexican, right. Or, you know, your parents, at least for me, they instilled a very hardworking ethic and discipline. Do you feel like that really helped you? Uh, because you don't see a lot of other, I don't know, people, photographers in the space where it's like motion design and like, you have, there's a lot of technical aspects that you, you, I mean, you briefly
0: talked about, but those are huge hurdles. So Yeah. Um, I would say my parents have always really pushed me to do better. And it was always like a get better grades and go to school every single day, even if you're sick or just like get it done and respect people and whatever, which is like basic, just like human characteristics. That anyone should have, I think, but you know, the hardest part about, dealing with my parents throughout that whole process and i would say more my dad than my mom because my mom was very supportive and so was my dad however he had so many doubts and and my parents coming or being immigrants and like legal you know they're fully like u.s citizens now and all that but they came here at like 20 years old right and like how to figure it out mm-hmm. and, and like build their lives and all that so i think when i got out of school And i got a degree and obviously like how to get loans and all that and when i just decided like that i'm going on tour with a rapper and i'm gonna go take photos and do videos make videos he was like what you know and and at that point like i'm saying i was like 23 or 24 so i was like he couldn't really tell me no and i don't think he ever would have but he was always like what are you doing? How, like, what What's so, going on? And like, yeah, very confused. He was like, why aren't you getting a real job? The real job thing was like such a, a prevalent term in like our conversations because to him, a real job is like the nine to five, like go work hard, get it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and well, that was, to me, that was the, that's
1: the dream he was fed, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what he came back
0: for, right? right. Yeah, oh, like yeah. grind your face off until like you get, what, like, again, the American dream is, you know, you get to buy a house and, and you get to, uh, you know, have your family and, and have a safe, like, upbringing and all that. Yeah, it's so
1: hard, too, because you
0: you 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 don't,
1: especially, especially when you're dying, you don't want to feel like you're just your parents, but you almost feel as if they, they part of like, the reason they came here was, like, for you to have that opportunity or the other life that they, they thought they wanted for you or whatever, and you're just, like, peace, like
0: i'm going out on this yeah but see i i think in the moment it felt very much like that where they weren't sure what what was to come of it like as far as they knew i was going on tour there's nothing but weed (laughs) booze drugs sex sex, all kinds of bad things that like you know i like i could have i guess i could have easily fallen into you know but like I knew that I wanted to take it like way further. But did you ever deal with pressure?
3: Um, and I, and I asked that question because for myself, my parents are immigrants as well. So they had to sacrifice a lot. And then like I went to college, you know, because they never did or, or never graduated. And then like coming out of college, you want to succeed because they already sacrificed a lot. So you have that weight on your shoulders. And then you're kind of going into this space where like nothing's guaranteed and you're literally going on tour and just like hoping for the best. Yeah. So how did you deal with that pressure or did well, you have pressure?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, it was a ton of pressure because not only was I trying to <laughs> like get a little bit of respect on my own in terms of like this, like industry or whatever, or even just my peers, because what was really interesting about Gia and I, I respect so much from that point in time she had like four or five ph- photographers and videographers on tour with them. Like, wow. And there was so much content, which was so awesome. But, you know, as part of being one of those groups, and especially the newest one that, like, no one really knew, uh, I was constantly trying to, like, match that source or that kind of quality. You know, like, those guys were just so good. But at the same time, I learned so much. But to touch on the pressure part, aside from myself, yeah, like, you know, I, I really wanted to show show my dad mostly just like look like like I'm actually I'm doing this but I'm doing this in a way that like millennials now have to operate. Like it's not the same nine to five thing. You gotta like create it for yourself. You gotta like it and if if you have your your dream like you you can actually do it and like creativity is just as valuable if not more than like working with your hands and like you know like doing it the way that like we or that like our parents had to do certain things and and honestly I say that like feeling extremely blessed to be able to say that I'm very thankful for it and and I wouldn't have my path any other way yeah seriously I like I wouldn't want to change anything else and and I'm thankful that my parents put that much pressure on me with you know with this whole situation because I did feel like I had kind of a chip on my shoulder, you know? I felt like I needed to, like, really prove that I I was able to create a living and, like, do it where at a level where, like, they're like, okay, I I understand who, like, or I know who that person is that they're working with. I know, you know, like, I I can see the results. So, yeah. And, like, the coolest part, the moment when I first had that feeling was – when the first show I got to like design was Party's uh, 2016 Summers Over tour, and we did the entire tour. And then the last show, well, actually it was two shows uh, in LA at the Wiltern. and I invited them to come to the first one. And yeah. like, Party killed it, and like the show was so so fun and so good. And uh, then like Drake came out at the very end, and then like they just like together just like shut it down. Mm-hmm. And Your parents were there, yeah. Were there, yeah. So, <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and <laughs> afterwards yeah. they were just like they were like, We're so, so proud of you. Yeah. Like we, you know, we're so happy that to be able to have seen it, like that brought tears to my eyes, and it was such a special moment.
3: So cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> <I>
0: said, gracias. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: but yeah, man, it was That's just awesome. it was really cool.
1: So you were so you did party. Pretty much all parties like photography, creative direction for the last like two years. Then you like shoot the album covers and
0: yeah. I mean, I shot, I shot one. Cool. And uh, that that was the the P three cover. Cool. So,
1: and then and then it got to the point where you were like, so how did what was the opportunity for the party
0: and starting starting Uh Right, actually, right after. The moment that I just talked about, uh, right after that, we went to Jamaica and we were doing, he had a song coming out with Major Lazer, so we were doing some promo and then we came back and he had a show really quickly in Vegas and then, um, sorry, actually I worked with him for... No, yeah, it was, it was, sorry, it was right at that time. So we did the Jamaica thing. We came back, Vegas, and then he had a New Year's show where him and Travis Scott did like Mm back-to-back. And that, at that point right after the tour, I think I like realized that I really loved the live stuff a lot more, a lot more than I liked taking photos and doing videos full time. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Was uh it and gave you the opportunity to do the visuals, or just you recognize that you wanted to do that more?
0: I, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, one of my best friends, who who I like, started doing visuals with. His name is Ben Wollen. He he really showed me like that world because he did G's like Coachella set. He did all the visuals, and I remember watching that and going, "Oh my god, this is amazing." So I kind of just like kept that in my back pocket is like wow that might be like a thing that interests me sure. and then when it came to doing party show I was like maybe he'll give me a shot to do this so I talked I like created a whole thing for it and then I talked to him about it and he said okay let's do it and I had so it was so much pressure but it was really fun and I loved the idea of creating a story from beginning to end through just like visuals just you know, yeah. and and I really liked I learned that I liked um being able to shoot and edit and create stuff on my computer and all that and not worry about you know music video edits where like artists are very vain and they're like, I don't like my face in that shot or I don't yeah. like how I look or how I'm standing or my hair or my teeth or whatever. No, it like, oh, so it's just one of those moments where where or it was one of those things with music videos where a lot of times it's not even yours at the end, right? It's like a watered down version of what mm-hmm. talked about at the beginning of the process. So I didn't feel that with the, with the stage visuals. I, uh, I actually felt the opposite. I felt like it was very much there. mine and, uh, a, a, col- a collaboration at the end of the day, mm-hmm. which is awesome, but it was like a real collaboration. And, uh, yeah, right after that, I I was just feeling really, really burnt out on photos and all that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of stepped away from working on that. Like right after the new year, it kind of just happened. I like just stopped. Yeah. And uh, like about the month went by and it was another one of those moments where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. and. And I just kind of took the month and I was super broke and I like had no money and I was making no money because I wasn't doing that. And I also didn't want to just take gigs of like taking photos Mm -hmm. and, and I was just like really thinking to myself, like, okay, should I take the step and like go into the visual space? So, uh, I really, I really started thinking about, okay, who could I work with or what can I do? And, um. And I would always talk with Ben about like opportunities or chances that we could get. And we reached out to Maja Jordan through one of um, my good friends, also her best friends, I should say uh, Kevin Henry, who is also a partner here Mm -hmm. and uh, he was tour managing him at the time. And, and he really reached out on a limb. He was like, I'll intro you, you know, but now thinking back, like, If we didn't deliver, that could have been bad. but It was what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But they were really cool. They're like, yeah, we'd love to work on visuals with you guys, and we ended up debuting them at Coachella of 2017, and that was sick. We're extremely proud of that. And then after that, I think that's when we were like, all right, we're doing visuals. We're doing this. So
1: the rest of history. Now you guys are here.
0: Yeah. Met met friends through that and. Uh, people who are still like and who are now like core parts of this company and who I honestly believe we wouldn't be able to be here without. And, yeah, along the way, Sturdy got created. Where did the name Sturdy itself come from? Um, We were – it was Coachella 2018. We were actually working on on a couple different shows. And someone we worked with kept saying – using the word Sturdy – and, it was, like it, it was, yeah like sturdiest yeah. like, this sturdiest that and like uh instead of hard this should sturdy yeah you know <laughs> and then it, it it was actually a joke because I would just be like oh this is so sturdy we were working because <laughs> we were working on the visuals right and we were like it was really rough we were actually like we missed like the first two days of the of the festival because we were so busy at the house just like editing. Down, like and tried to the wire. It really came down to the wire. Yeah. A lot of things got like flipped around and we were working with a specific creative director on that show and, and he was really, really hard to work with. Yeah. And he switched. He had approved all the looks and then when we got there, he like decided that everything was trash.
1: Yeah,
0: like last thing so like Wednesday before the show, so like we had like five days left, everything changed and this like completely blew it up yeah um yeah so along the way i guess like the only way we could get a laugh is by l- laughing at the joke about like sturdy this sturdy that and then after a while we were like wow that's actually kind of dope like what if our company was named sturdy yeah because all we everything we do is like, everything is sturdy for lack of a better term yeah it's pretty sturdy so that's funny. That.
1: yeah um i don't know this is a talking point but can we talk about like grit for a second and talk about like how I think certain, I think the difference between artists who like make it in this world and the modern world that we live in today are like the people who have grit or like the people who are like willing to unload the merch truck at six degree weather in Minneapolis, just to be able to have the chance to film or the people who are like willing to do a photo shoot for a hundred dollars in the beginning of their career or whatever. And I think a lot of people give up for they even like even see Even go to like the top Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about like how that translates into, you know, the things you do and like the advice that you give to people who are like really going through the thick of it? Because I think I get so many, I think we get a lot of questions of like the simple, like, how do you do this? And there's no real answer to like just getting there. It's like sometimes you just gotta like go through it, like go through the thick of it, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's very your character has got to be tested i think and it's it's the only thing that's going to get you through it because you got to have thick skin yeah you you have to take criticism well and you have to use it to make yourself better
2: yeah i feel like that's key like everything i look back on like people can look at your accomplishments be like dang like how'd you do that which like that's questions you get they don't see all those times that you failed, and people were like, "Dude, this didn't work because of this." So, like, like let me talk to you about how you can make this better. Like, if you can't make it past that, like that's really those are the points when you do something that sucks that like you have to get through, or else you're never going to be doing the stuff that you love.
1: Well, I think the biggest, one of the biggest problems in that too is that we're so I think we're so attached to their work. Um, I think you and I have talked about this before too, but it's like just because like, we say the work isn't. Up to the park, it's not here right now, or I'm not feeling this is not, has nothing to do with you as a person. Uh, and I think it's like so important to like kind of learn to be able to detach yourself from that. And I don't think a lot of people ever learn how to
3: do that, you know? I feel like also, like, we live in like a fast food culture where everyone wants everything so fast. And I can think back at like all the people that I started with and went to school with, half of them aren't even in this industry. Most photographers that freelance don't make it past the first year um so it all comes with risk and being adaptable like kind of like you adapted to pretty much every like even the flash to like switching from like not doing photos to jumping on like you know g's j's like yeah um so you know you have to industries will always change too so like if you for example if you're a designer you can't just stick in your same style like I remember let, hand lettering was really in back in the day and it's like, it's, slow, way, it's slowly fading away. It's like, like what do you <laughs> do from there? Um, <laughs> photography styles too. It's like right now, the, like certain, like flash looks are really in, but if you don't know how to like teach yourself studio lighting, teach yourself other things. If you're a landscape photographer, like don't just do landscapes, you know? So I, I think we, we, the grit and like the adaptability and like the endurance is like all kind of go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was a point that you just brought up it was probably interesting, and Adrian probably has a lot to say about it too. But we see so many people go through or get into the industry probably for the wrong intentions. Of I want to work with this music artist because i want to be famous, or I want to just take part of the famous people because it will give me more likes on Instagram, or um, you know, all those things are like I think like. Creative industries are perceived as like a lot cooler than other industries as profession, which there might be a little bit of weight to that and a little bit of truth to that. But at the end of the day, like I think the people we see that jump into it solely for those reasons burn out pretty quickly. Um, I'm sure you have some things to say about that as well. But
0: yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people, or lately, I'm I'm noticing that there's people who I really looked up to, you know, when I started, Mm -hmm. and they're still doing the same exact thing and they're not really like trying new things per se Mm -hmm. and it's it's like kind of evident why right you know but obviously that's their decision why or why not whatever but i'll say that now after i've you know bumped my head plenty of times and done good and bad work and had yeses and a lot of nos and success and failure whatever because i can say that i'm constantly like trying to figure out or differentiate between the two, mm-hmm. honestly. But yeah, I mean, now I, I guess I'm happy to say that like I can do so many different things, Yeah. you know, and because of wanting to try those things mm. and uh, it's the only thing that's going to really like take you away from like getting boxed in on, you know, oh well, that guy only does like tour videos sure. or tour he's photos. The, guy or he's the, the whatever guy, and which is cool, you know. I, I, thankfully to that, I've been able to capitalize and like move forward. You know, and we, we do need some of those people on the for world, sure, right? For sure, like,
1: there's a place that, like
0: we a can't lot have of those people. Yeah, we, we can't have too many in
1: the kitchen. Mm-hmm. We do need people that are like super good at one specific thing because we know they're not going to like do anything else, and like that's just what the duty calls for. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think, like I think you're a lot of, like us in the way where think like, we just kind of want to do a little bit of everything, um, and not be like boxing. But it, the, the only way you get it is like just try everything. Yeah, you know, i remember the first time I met you. I was like, so like, what are you doing? Like, I do like a little bit of everything. I was like, ah, these, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it turns out that you
3: do. It's hard to explain. Like when people ask you what you do,
0: that's why I never really know how to. I feel like the person with the business cards. So like I never really know what answer to give as to what I do and I hate saying creative director because yeah. people There's automatically right. a yeah. lot of people you know, either shit. don't know what that is <laughs> or they do and they have a, like a negative connotation yeah. at it, of it but I mean I, I really do like try to always come up with ideas you know every yeah. single day is like ideas Yeah, and like, you're not one specifically like technically doing everything all the time you are giving direction and you are like
1: making sure the vision that you guys sold to whatever artist is actually going to like.
0: yeah because that's such a big problem is that creatives in music a lot of times are, and I've had the same problem. I talked about it earlier today, actually like how, how awesome of a feeling it is when you finish a video and then you look back at the treatment and you're like, wow, this is like identical. And if, and if it's different, it's better, you know, but at the same time, I've also been in the situations where I've had to act and and be like, okay, we have to diverge from this because of X, Y, and Z, which usually are, are matters that are out of my hands. So we gotta like do the best that we can, right? right? Mm-hmm. But but those are like constant problems that I think that people promise things that they don't know how to execute or yeah. can't execute or, or can't deliver upon, um, which is good to challenge yourself, but it's also really hard to, or it's really tough to promise something and then deliver something oh, so. can, yeah. Yeah, or like, you know, deliver something where people are like, what is this yeah Yeah, you know so uh that's like definitely one of the like the bad parts about it or you know in any case in any creative like lane or whatever you want to call it i'm sure happens in every other industry as well yeah but for sure but yeah that's like something i'm trying or try to stay away from so so all in all to answer that question yes um i can i'm or I do really oversee and pay attention to like how we're going to do certain things. What are those mm-hmm. things? Like, how are they going to be delivered? How are we going to execute? And are they close to like other things that we've been doing? Like, yeah. how are we going to make it different? That's like a constant thing that we're, that I like, I battle with and I want to constantly push our team to make newer doper stuff that doesn't feel like okay how many times are we going to yeah, do the, so same kind of the same
2: thing the same thing because you nailed it and you know it's good it happens in at like different industries like design it happens like some brands are doing it this way so if everyone does it that way it works but it's not different so it's kind of the same issue it's like okay we've done this before so we can kill it but how do we tweak it to make exactly it yeah you,
3: you need that paradigm shift sometimes yeah. almost um but i think you're like the right person or it's worked because of all the things that you've had to overcome like it's taught you those invaluable lessons where like if you would have gone in just like straight out of college knowing you were gonna do tour visuals and like got plugged in with like somebody immediately like there's no way you would even be where you are now like because you wouldn't have been taught those things
0: yeah
1: yeah i think yeah i think overcoming or it's so interesting like people like you or your your life was like not laid out in any sort of word you know it was just like what you thought it, it's so cool to me that you like thought you're going to be this thing. All it took was like one thing, and you were just like, uh, "I'm going to go try something else." And, yeah. and and that it sounds like recurring thing in your life, right? Where it's like not even if it's not working out, but it's like I'm just going to tackle whatever's next or whatever opportunity comes. And um, also it reminds me of we, something you were talking about earlier. It was like when you got asked to want to tour the first time, you didn't even know how to use the camera. You just knew how to edit. Um, I was reading this article by this designer who said, like, the first job he ever got, uh, he didn't even know what like RBG versus like CMYK was. So he was like Googling, like, what that <laughs> like he, he taught himself how to design uh, after saying yes to like the first design project he ever got. And I don't think everybody's cut out like that, and so that might be really horrible advice for some people. But so I think like they will you know, never forget you know, it. You know, <laughs> I know, but I, I think I think is I. I I think that goes back to the grit that we were talking about. Is there's some people in life that like will just do what it takes to like make sure it's good and like say yes because they're super opportunistic and they don't say no to the things because they don't feel like they're ready. Because I think if we wait until we're ready, then we'll always be waiting, you know, like in some way. Um so it's really cool to like see that you just totally overcome those things.
0: Thank you. And now I have other things that I wanna get into and like I've told you before, and I wanna I like literally every day i think about wanting to write the script for a tv show that i (laughs) want that i'm trying to do and and uh that's a really daunting task that i'm just like bobbling i would say right now because i really don't know how to do it or what where to even start yeah but i have the concept and i'm i'm just really just waiting to be able to feel like, it's the right time, I guess, yeah. but I don't know when that is. So, yeah, I just, we, have, we just yeah. have so much work right now that I'm like, I need to get through. And then, when <laughs> we get through, hopefully at that point, I can just like breathe a little bit and get, get you Seems
3: know, like that
1: big, well, <laughs> <laughs> I have a new idea. I'm just like, no, stop. Like, yeah, stop.
0: for real. Yeah. I, yeah. So, I'm kind of looking at like halfway through the year. I'm hoping that I can start just taking like one day a week. Mm -hmm. I might be able to do it sooner, honestly, but I want to take one day a week to only focus on that and kind of like have a different, like kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Just an outlet to do something else. Because this is, yeah, this is actually one thing I want to really like touch on really, really fast is uh, I got to the point where I wasn't making anything for fun, and I wasn't really doing anything that, like, that was outside of just, like, for, for the sole purpose of work or getting paid or, you know, having to just, like, pay rent and, like, my bills, whatever, whatever. And it's it got really, really dry. Yeah. So I've realized over the past few months that I need to have an outlet and do something that has nothing to do. So I've, I've like, tried, like, pottery and, like, I have, like, a painting sitting on my gr- on the ground in my room right now that I, that's unfinished that I was working on yesterday. And I just want to, like, do things that take my mind or just, like, take me outside of the same stuff because mm-hmm. it gets really, really dry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no matter what that's it how does. you get really burnt out on the things that, yeah. that you do professionally. And then that's how you get, you know, you get really, really bored and all that. So, and... Um, I don't yeah. I, I, I love what I do, so I don't want to feel like I'm burnt out or bored or well,
2: it seems better. like your whole story, you've been hungry to like learn things. So if you're not hungry anymore, you're like, what am I doing?
0: Yeah, and I and I've definitely started to be able to pinpoint that feeling, but and I don't feel like I'm not hungry or whatever, but I do feel like there's more that I wanna do and that I need to do and that I need to get out there and hopefully that all like you know, I have enough time to do all of these things. I heard this, or I read that tweet from Lord that said, I'm just now realizing that if I'm going to do and accomplish all the things that I want to do in my life, I'm going to have to start working really, really fast. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was really valuable because, yeah. you know, you have all these dreams and you have all these things that you talk about and you have all these goals and mm-hmm. conversations with your friends about whatever it is because it's always a, like a running conversation, right? Like about the next thing that you want to do or, or things that interest you. Sure, sure. And like yeah. on the personal side, and your family and girlfriend or whatever it is, yeah. um, that take up so much of your time. So you gotta keep, you know, like stay focused in terms of like not gotta get to work, yeah, yeah, yeah and-, and not like falling behind. So, cool yeah. oh, man. Yeah. Anything else? I guess
3: um, we got a lot of young listeners. So if there's anything that you might have uh, given any advice to someone that wants to get in the industry, just what would you tell them?
1: Give your 22-year-old self-advice. 23, or whatever year old self wow, you're about to get into all this.
0: I would say don't be scared to trust your ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really try to like pay attention to like things that influence the people who you look up to because that's how you start like – building taste in a way Mm. because you start seeing it kind of gives you an intro toward like a higher like um for example like kanye right yeah Yeah, like paying attention to back then i would say like not knowing who murakami was like 10 years ago right or like people Mm -hmm. like that where you know there's like people that are way ahead of it or like are making things that that like matter to those who are influencing the audiences that are like you. So if that makes Mm. any sense, I think like I would have wanted to pay attention to that a lot more and also, um, yeah, just like fully trusting your ideas. Like no idea is a bad idea. I would say, you know, um, and then, yeah, I guess connecting the taste stuff is to like, being able to like differentiate between what's corny, what's been done. What isn't? Yeah. Uh, what's new? Because we
1: don't have taste it. Doesn't matter. You know. <laughs> so I know
0: that like that was a kind of a convoluted answer, but no, it's, it's But uh, sure. yeah, taste is just really, really important. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have like gained it sooner, because yeah.
1: You just gotta you get to work then.
0: I know, but it's <laughs> it's never too late. And uh, yeah. uh go check out art installations and travel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Adrian Martinez yeah, is uh. A- I will rightfully so call him a creative director of Sturdy, which is a creative house here in LA. Um, They do all the visual direction for all your favorite artists. Um, Yeah. Thanks, Matt.
0: Thank you.
2: Thanks again for listening to the Mouthwash podcast. For more information, you can follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.com.